Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Gay Side Stories with Trillificent, bringing you a slice of LGBT discussion we can all relate to because we're all just people. Uh, as always, you guys, check out GaySideStories.com for more information. You can interact with me on social media. I'm at GaySideStories on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, TheGaySideStories.tumblr.com, or GaySideStories at gmail.com. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the show. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Acast, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere where you plug up to listen to podcasts. You can probably find this one. And if not, let me know. I'll get it there. Do me a favor and make sure you guys are leaving some comments and rating and all of that good stuff. Sharing with people help uh, make the podcast grow and reach a bigger audience. Uh Moving on, this week I have a special guest. Special guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you say at the beginning of the show that this was a gay podcast? Um, is that what you said? You're gay? Oh, here we go with the bullshit. Uh, I am gay adjacent, okay? <laughs> I am a non-practicing gay. This is well known on the Twitterverse and on the internets in general. I am a non-practicing gay. See, my management didn't tell me all of this. I ain't with that gay stuff. I'm just playing, y'all. What's up? This is DJ Sir Daniel. How's everybody doing? All right? Good? You good? Okay, great. Sisters, y'all all right? Y'all all right? Covefe, everybody. Covefe. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I appreciate you for joining me. Um, So glad that you were able to come and have this conversation with me. So let's go ahead and get the show started, yeah? Absolutely, and I'm thankful to be a part of this, and I'm really proud of what you um what you've been working on, man. Oh, you can't see right now, but I just turned into like a starry eyed gif. Oh, <laughs> you proud of me? Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness! No. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the first segment is going to be the school and life segment. You guys know this segment is where I usually just highlight one or two quick things that help me get through the past week because i don't have to tell anybody sometimes there's a struggle out here we live in in trump's america and any little thing that you can grab onto that will help you get from one week to the next should be celebrated right absolutely so my school in life this week is drum roll it is my motherfucking birthday Oh, shoot. Right. My birthday, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else is on Friday. So June 9th, this coming Friday is my birthday. I will be 33 whole African. Well, not even African-American. Just black because I ain't from Africa. Just black, you know, years old. Um, And really, that's that's what I've been focusing on (laughs) for the past week. Trying to get through this week. You know, this week has been trying every follicle of my edges but i am holding on because it is my goddamn birthday on friday and i'm gonna see my friends and we're gonna eat and i don't know what else but i'm looking forward to it you should that being said if you're feeling generous I accept nudes. <laughs> Wait a minute now. I'm just going to put bro. that out there for listeners. I accept nudes as a gift. Cash. Real gifts if you're feeling generous. Um, 
all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this just turned into an A for A ad. No, 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 no. You like generous friends and generous. No, 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 no. Because an A for A ad, you have to give a service. Well, you're supposed to anyway, unless you're a scammer. You're supposed to give a service <laughs> for the generous quote-unquote donations. Oh well, aren't we all scammers just a little bit? You speak for yourself. <laughs> it's my birthday. I get a pass. <laughs> I don't know who told you. Somebody done told you wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, on a serious note, uh, a great gift would be if you guys just reposted and shared links to the show, you know, share it in your Facebook groups on Twitter, you know, do a post on Instagram, all of that good stuff. That would be a huge present for me and for the show. And I would really appreciate it. You know, all jokes aside. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Happy birth. Happy early birthday. Well, I don't know, you know. Happy early birthday. Um, I'm glad to have this moment with you. And um, I pray that on the ninth you get all the the gifts that you want and maybe some, you know, some strippers clapping in your face and, you know, a little. Yeah, absolutely. You deserve it. You deserve. I deserve. Indeed. So do you have a school in life? What helped you get through this past week? You know what? Um, it's quite simple. Um, what I've learned is that being able to say no, listening to your gut and saying no is quite all right. Yes, and, it's and it's possibly the best thing you can do for yourself. Yes. There was a situation where I could have taken part in a, uh, a, a work-related event. And it just wasn't sounding fun. And they gave, they messed around and said, well, if you don't want to participate, you can use some vacation time. And guess what I did? I used vacation time because I did not want to be a part of it. I just didn't feel like it, it was going to be a good time for me. So I said, you know what? It's okay for me to say no. And I'm not going to have any second thoughts about it or feel guilty about saying no and taking care of myself. Listen. And no, so that's what I decided. It's a complete it's sentence. It's a complete fucking sentence don't know how many and, and it's a complete sentence at work it's a complete sentence at home mm-hmm. on the freeway in the grocery store wherever you are when the word no comes out of your mouth it is complete nothing else needs to be said that's it and i am a proponent of saying no at work fuck y'all no i'm here to make my money and go home all the extra now fuck them for making you use pto to get out of it but you know at least you have okay. the, at least you have the uh the option that's right. And you know what? It'll build back up again. It's not that big a deal. True, true, true. See, see I know. That's why I like you because you level-headed. I, I can fuck with that. You got to be. You don't get yeah. this old not being level-headed. Not this old. We're not mm-hmm. And you know what? And as an added birthday present, there will be no Gemini slander during this podcast either. Oh, I didn't know that was going to be on the tape because, you know, I can just, <laughs> I can just end the call. <laughs> you, you just with the press of this button. You know, whoop. you know, let me let me just let me say this. <laughs> if you have uh, ill will in your heart towards Gemini, I promise you from the bottom of my trillificent ass heart that I do not care. Your two hearts. Don't forget. Because whoever hurt you is not me. <laughs> All right, take that up with the individual. Yeah, Absolutely. can I say this? I mean, 
you know, I I've never not gotten along with the Gemini, but for myself, at the older that I've gotten, and the more in tune with myself that I've gotten, with a lot of Gemini's, I won't say all because people crazy, and that's all across all twelve signs. You know, I know Beyonce and Missy didn't put that in the song, but it's true. <laughs> uh, but with Gemini's, with mature adult Gemini's. It's not that they are too fake. I don't even know where that comes from because people don't know words. But speaking for myself and the few Gemini's that I know, it's not that we're two faced. It's not that we're going to turn on you on the drop of a dime. It's that we don't take no bullshit. And it does not take a lot for us to go from zero to 100. Now, to you, that might look like, oh, you changed on me and you came out of a bag when in actuality is you fucking up and our tolerance for bullshit is on a negative 12 so there you go i always ask this question when people are like oh gemini's are evil and blah 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 blah. i'm like what did you do to, what did you do to that gemini what did Listen, you say one of my best friends is a gemini and come on, he come through and he knows he's crazy, but, you know, we've been able to manage that crazy in, in the nearly 20 years of friendship that we've had. So See, it's all good. It can't be all bad. It's people married to Jim. Like, y'all calm down. The jokes. It's, are, ma- I mean, the it's jokes manageable. It's manageable. If you're going if you're going to have a Gemini joke, at least be funny and original. I will laugh <laughs> at a funny and original Gemini joke. Right. If you come be like, oh, I know you two face here. Let me get you another set of chapstick for your other set of lips for your other. Shut up. That shit is not wah, funny. Wah. It's not funny. All right. So let's move on. Um, this week, I am actually introducing a new segment. Uh, I call it the come quick because we are going to come through this stuff real quick. Amen. Now, that's odd because usually people don't like, you know, quickness. Well, I mean, maybe you're talking about people who, like, have sex and stuff. I don't do all that. Again, I am a non-practicing gay. I don't know how else to say it. But that being said, uh, and we're just going to go through a few current event things that are happening that, you know, weighing on our spirits uh, that we have some words for. Now, this probably is not going to be an every week thing because I don't always pay attention or always have something to say about things that are going on in the world because there are tons of podcasts that will give you the ins, the outs, the beginning, the omega, the alpha, everything that you need and wrap it up real nicely. So I don't feel the need to do that unless it's just weighing on my heart. All right. So I have a few. If you want to go through these with me, uh, DJ. The first one, really, I don't have much, I don't have anything to say to this. Um, I'm just going to say this. Fuck Bill Maher and everybody trying to defend him. You know, I'm tired <laughs> of the whole tasteless jokes that and people have said this. Your tasteless jokes that punch down are just not funny. And if you can't do better as a comedian, then you need to get the fuck. And that's all I have to say about it, because, like I said, this has been analyzed all kinds of ways. You got Orlando Bloom about to, I mean not Orlando Bloom. Oof, Jesus. You got Orlando <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Orlando. Orlando. What did you do? I ain't did nothing. You got Orlando Jones about to bust a goddamn blood vessel and his head going off on the internet and it's just it's too much. So that's all I have to say about that. You have anything? You know, as far as Bill Maher is concerned, um 
Bill Maher has been treading dangerously for a long time. So, I mean, it was bound to catch up with him. But as we saw within the way that he's been handled and the way, say, Kathy Griffin has been handled is actually quite eye-opening and it's on par for the way the um, U.S. society handles things differently between men and women, True. especially and even between white men and people of color, anybody who's disenfranchised. You know, you, you're a white man in this country, you can still, you still have the ultimate privilege. And that's what it all boils down to. Yep. I mean, if making a house nigga joke on TV and retaining your job is not proof of that privilege, then I don't know what is. And you know, you know who I really blame for that? I blame Superhead. Karen Superhead. What's her last name? Stephanie, I believe. Is she still yeah. with us? She's still she's still here. She's I think she's out in Cal in LA somewhere and she might be married now if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't she How gonna I, marry like Eddie from Family Matters or something? I don't know. I, I, I feel don't, like how that was a thing at one point. But you know, she her and along with a few other quote unquote black Barbies have been gassing Bill Bill's head for many years and I think he thought he had a pass to say that. So it's like, listen, I don't care if you do date, you know, white people, just let them know that there is not an automatic pass that they get if because they're dating you, a person of color. Right, right. That's your responsibility. Check them. Yes, rain that bullshit in. All right. The next one is, and I actually just saw this not too long before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betsy DeVos, with her bozo ass has now basically said that it's not the education department's job to protect LGBTQ students. Basically saying it's not up to that federal entity to protect these students against discrimination. And it's just like, do y'all do, do you just not give a fuck about people getting an education and being able to contribute to society? Like, what well, do you think that the education department, what do you think it's for? It's not just for you to come in and make some money. Well, here's the thing. A wise woman once said, Bessie DeVos, you have no credibility. None. None whatsoever. And I really just don't take anything she says seriously. Uh, I mean, we need to take it seriously, but... There needs to be, hopefully there's people within that realm that she works in that are is there to challenge her every single step of the way. Because when you come from, her perspective on life has been completely skewed. Oh, you know, she's, man, listen. she's lived a, you know, a very privileged life. And so for her to try and make decisions for the rest of the country that, you know, the 80, the 98 percent of the rest of the country that has lived on a different side of the railroad tracks than she has is completely ludicrous. And it's like, isn't is there no one around her? There's no one there to check her. There's no one. I think that's the main problem. There's nobody there to hold people accountable. Yeah. That's in these positions. That's nobody the problem with this whole government right now. The, Everybody's the system of checks and balances is failing badly completely off all we got is maxine waters and we have to protect her and lift her up as much as we can my only thing with with the whole betsy devos thing i mean her in general is it's just the what is it the gall of white people to 
experience the things that she's experienced being booed and being barcaded from schools like his fucking lean on me morgan freeman in there with a baseball bat and shit and chains he ready Mm -hmm. and to still just power forward and just keep on doing shit that you know is gonna piss people off i'm like that what is that it's you know what it is quintessential whiteness i mean beyond that i know that aside from that i there's a thing that i call the disease to be right I think there's a lot of people that are suffering from it. It's just this this disease and this need to be right all the time, regardless. Regardless of if the facts are in front of you and black and white is living and breathing in front of you, you want to be right so bad that you will, you know, you'll endanger the lives of other people and endanger your own life just so you can be right. And it's crazy because, you know, Congress has been lighting her ass on fire, but she'd be like, "Mm, whatever, I'm still going to do what I want to do. You know, fuck you. Anyway, (laughs) um, real quick, Bill Cosby, you know, I don't care. He can ride a power scooter to hell. Um, Is it a power scooter, though? Are we, talk- scooter, are we uh, talking about a hover round or are we talking about the slower brands that you find in Walmart? Whichever one. <laughs> whichever one. Whichever one gets him there. Plug okay. it up, charge that battery, and scoot his ass right into the fiery depths. Oh, wow. Um, the last story, again, I just saw this today on uh, Yahoo News. United Airlines is in some shit yet again. Ah, damn. <laughs> So apparently there was a supervisor at George Bush International Airport, which is here in Houston, and he was trying to take a violinist's instrument from her. So the passenger was like, you know, what are my options? Because it is imperative that I keep my instrument with me. Because, you know, a lot of those like good musicians, their instruments cost a lot of fucking money. Those aren't cheap by any means. Shit, I mean, they sleep with them bitches, and I don't blame them. Like, this ain't going nowhere. This is staying with me. When I go to the bathroom, it's gonna watch me pee. Understand? I'm sure it's. Insu- I'm sure they're insured as well. It is, but still. Um. Mm-hmm. So she asked, "What were my options?" And the supervisor basically told her, "You don't have no options." Tried to take it from her. She screamed, and the supervisor said that I'm gonna call security. And the woman said, "Please do." And then he ran away. Wait, what? Right. So he ran away. He he ran away. I have a couple of thoughts about this because the last part with the running away made me think, was he even a real supervisor? Like, are people Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. in George Bush Airport pretending to be supervisors to try to to yank people's stuff? Because that didn't make any sense. Like, if you was a real supervisor and you got authority and power, why would you run away when shit start getting real? That's an interesting theory. Because, I mean, think about it. There could be people posing as TSA just so they could feel right. up people for free. Exactly. Exactly. So, And that, it's actually a little terrifying. It's creepy to think about it. But that was my first thought when I read the line that he ran away. I was like, he ran away? What the fuck is this? A spy novel? Like, he got <laughs> caught and he, he done ran away. He don't have a plan B. Um, the second thing is, I just found it interesting that they the way the story was written they basically waited until the woman was getting ready to board the plane to tell her this. And I'm just thinking to myself, I've seen people take duffel bags. I've seen people take big ass cellos. I've seen people, I mean, all the stuff that people take onto planes and you come charge this woman up about a violin. 
Like, what if she's on her way to go? She probably was on her way to go perform, and you're gonna tell her she can't take it on the plane. And then when she says, "What are my options?" You didn't offer to check it or do anything to make sure that it's going to be safe and get to the next don uh, next donation, the next destination. You tell her she don't have no options and you're going to take it from her. Like, really? Didn't even say, OK, we're going to take it from you and we'll mail it at your expense or whatever to your destination. Like that make me again, that makes me think that this shit was a heist. Like this was a TNT series. And this motherfucker mm. came and he was trying to get up on a violin and try to sell that bitch on the black market. I don't know how much you can get on the black market for a violin, but apparently enough. Anyway, that's just my theory because none of this makes sense. But what I will say is United has been a hot fucking mess, a flaming mess since the merger with Continental. When it was just Continental here in Houston, we didn't have, I mean, we may have had some problems, but we didn't have all this with y'all beating people up and, and going fucking Super Saiyan on folks and doing all kinds of shit and denying people and accusing people, gay gay dads of molesting their children on the flights and all that kind of shit. What? We didn't have, you just, yeah, I saw a story where they were like, basically there was like a gay dad on the flight with, I think his son and i'm not sure if that was united i think it was but don't quote me on that and somebody was basically saying oh he's molesting his son or something and when they landed like the dad was held and questioned for hours and it was just crazy and it's just like what is happening at this fucking airline just put it in rice put it in rice Start it all over again. Just re- a, reboot. Do a hard reset. A hard reset. You know, turn when you turn it off. Make sure you flip the switch on the power strip to on the surge protector, and start from scratch. You know, reinstall because this is crazy. Anyway, with that being said, that is the end of the come quick section, and that was pretty quick. Hopefully, was it good. Was it good for you? It was. I had some things I needed to get off my chest. There you go. All right. So let's move into the main topic. So I want to start off with talking more about you and letting you tell the people about some things that you have going on. So, you know, we can get better acquainted with you and hopefully people will support and all of those good things. Because, you know, I think we've we've been online friends for a while now. And, you know, I've always tried to support the things that you had going on. And the recent things that you've been doing have really piqued my interest. So I wanted to pick your brain about it. So absolutely. Let's start with the prismatic event. So why don't you explain what the prismatic event is? Certainly. So uh, Prismatic is part of a summer series that was that I actually started last year. And that series is called that's the the shuffle and repeat series. So that's the big umbrella shuffle and repeat. So Prismatic um, is the of the event starter for this year. And so basically, um, I created Shuffle and Repeat because out of, out of necessity, because quite frankly, I wasn't getting booked as a DJ. You know, everybody's a DJ down here. And, you know, most people hire people that they already know or, you know, that they're used to and for their particular clubs, events, so on and so forth. Okay. So I, I decided out of necessity, I wanted to create an event um, so that I can, you know, pretty much play what I wanted to play, um, 
celebrate what I wanted to celebrate because um, it actually started because I, I think of myself as a keeper of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so June is Black Music Month. And so to celebrate Black Music Month, I started Shuffle and Repeat. So like last year, I celebrated the music and the movements of New Jack Swing, okay. Missy, Missy Elliott. There was a Little Kim versus Foxy Brown party that was mm. off the chain. Okay, I remember seeing these flyers on uh, Instagram. Yes. Okay. And um, in October, I did a, it was a salute to booty shake music. So, yes, shaking the ass. Shaking exactly. The ass. So this year, I wanted to, you know, go ahead and step it up further and add an artistic element because I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of talented individuals. Okay. And the name Prismatic came about because we all have a light within us that serves a purpose in this world. And so current events, including this administration, have um, have emboldened people to feel like they can extinguish our lights. And I'm talking about I'm speaking about black men in particular, you know, from the killing, the various public killings of all these black men. Um, to the the school to prison pipeline, these are all systematic um, systematic things put in place in this in our country to actually kill us, to 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 dampen our senses, to to like I said, to extinguish the light that is within us, because all of us have some type of purpose in this world. Right. So. What I wanted to do, like I said, I wanted to, for black men in particular, I wanted to give us a platform to showcase our beauty and the contributions, our contributions to this world. And so, come on, light. There you go. Sparkly. I like it. I like it. Okay. So, uh, my next question is uh, because you, well, you answered my uh, next question already about the motivating factors for the event. So, I'm Mm going to move on and say, so what is your goal for this specific event? And beyond. So, (laughs) so (laughs) on June 24th at the Decoro Art Studio here in um, in Atlanta, uh, what will happen is I have um, gathered three three brothers that each have a specific voice, and um, one brother in particular, Ajmal, who has helped me in curating the artistic aspect of this um, this event, is going to be displaying his talent as a carnival costume maker see he's part of the he's part of the uh, caribbean culture okay. and in Car- caribbean culture they celebrate carnival but they call it we call it mass okay. and so they're very i don't know like okay when you think of carnival a lot of people automatically think of those pictures of rihanna that surfaced a couple years ago when she went home to barbados right and, and so, amber rose and all of that kind of Exactly. And so they can can be very elaborate costumes and they also tell stories. So what he's going to do is he's going to be telling stories, um, a couple stories of the Orishas in particular, male Orisha figures. And so you're going to get a little bit of the diaspora. You're going to get some some background into who we are um, culturally um, as far as the Orishas are concerned, because a lot of people don't accept that part of our culture because, you know, they think that it's voodoo and it's witchcraft, but it's not. It's actually very beautiful and it's very and it's it's very uplifting when you see it. And so there's going to be that celebration. There's another brother by the name of Ron Shirley, the second who's a very talented singer and songwriter here in Atlanta, and he's on the he's on the come up, 
and he's worked on a very beautiful, beautiful music video um, entitled um, A Guy Like Me. And the message is wonderful. It's, it's pretty to look at. And it's just going to be a, a really nice celebration of young black men, especially the carefree, what we like to call the carefree black boys. Um, right, right. Okay. And it, yeah. So and so beyond that, beyond and Chris Barker, I can't forget Chris. Chris is another friend of mine who's also a, a very talented graphic designer as well as an um a photo editor for his own magazine. He actually uh, put together an exhibit that was shown down in Miami um, as part of it wasn't part of Art Basel, but it was Art Basel adjacent, <laughs> but it, and which is a very wonderful um art event that takes place in Miami. His exhibit is so beautiful. I cannot wait for everybody to see it. And I'm just so proud of these guys coming together and supporting me. I wanted also to um, celebrate um, the music of Pharrell because what I do with each and every shuffle and repeat party, I pinpoint an artist or a movement in black music that needs to be celebrated. Pharrell, Pharrell is the, is the epitome of black boy magic. And black boy joy, carefree black boys, whatever you want to call it, he is the epitome of that. And so it all it all melds together for this whole formula here of prismatic. And it's just going to be a great and awesome event to come to. The atmosphere is going to. It's really I can't wait for you guys to see it. It, yeah, it sounds good. I mean, you got music, you got art, and you got vocal. I mean, you. <laughs> Gays it's gonna a, get their goddamn life because you don't gave them everything that you give them a little booty shake, give them something to see, and a mm-hmm. vocal to please their ears. Woo! Come on, trifecta. Exactly. And so beyond the twenty fourth, what I wanted to do is I want to create a legacy and possibly make this an annual event because it could be this could very well be the platform for some young artist out there mm-hmm. or uh, whether he's a, a a graphic artist a visual artist or a singer songwriter to have this platform because his voice is not necessarily welcomed or heard right, all the time right. that is awesome so you kind of answered my next question a little but i'm still going to ask to see what else you have in the pipeline so mm-hmm. what other events can the public look forward to from you? Do you have anything else that you have on the back burner that you might be able to talk about? Because I know sometimes when you have things going on, you can't really describe it. But if you have anything, you know, let us know. Right. Well, like you said, I'm cooking right now. Yeah, it's and simmer. I'm, it's simmering right now. And I'm like that, you know, that auntie, if you come in the kitchen and you try to pick up the pot, I'm going to swatch your hand real quick because it's not quite done yet. Greens and that's all done. Green They're not done. done, but I, you know, once the venue is secure, I it's going to be really a really dope concept that I really think people are going to enjoy, and it's definitely going to happen um, this coming Pride. So whenever whenever Pride rolls around, I want the shuffle and repeat parties to be extra dope and extra festive. So this one, I, I'm I, I think I'm really stepping up here and stepping out of my comfort zone and trying to make some a nice memorable event for everybody. So just stay tuned. You'll hear about it quite soon as soon as I you know the ink dries on the dotted line. That's awesome. And actually I think you answered my last question too about uh, the types of art that you were into and wanted to promote under the prismatic umbrella. I did, yeah, it, you know, um, 
there are a lot of talented there's a lot of photographers here there's a lot of people who are on instagram every day i see different a lot of young people that um are very talented painters the things that they do with freehand drawing and and not even just the 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 typical um paint and brush type of art you know there's a lot of people that are taking non-traditional materials and making really beautiful things and i think all of that needs to be celebrated what i've found is that within in dark times like these this is when art is most important because this art can can heal all of us it can you know it can bring joy to us and and make us forget what's going on down at pennsylvania avenue for just a little bit and it can unite us these are stories that need to be told so i'm i'm here for it i'm here for the photographers for the artists you know the writers people that have that write books i'm so I'm so excited about there's a lot of people that I know that are writing books and coming out with books. And, you know, it's just a really exciting time. And I think we all need to celebrate and uplift everybody that's trying to do something positive with their life. Absolutely. So you guys hear that all of you painters and writers and photographers keep an eye out. You never know what might happen. I mean, not just uh, what. DJ Sir Daniel is doing in Atlanta but you know just look around because you never know if someone is doing something similar in your area so be on the lookout for that keep creating your art keep promoting it putting it on the internet and everything we see it we appreciate it people I are watching I can't draw for shit and I, but I appreciate you who can draw I, I, I don't have an eye for photography but I appreciate you, those who do so I think that this is awesome and anything where we are celebrating each other rather than tearing each other down. I know that's kind of cliche, but in these times, I mean, you know, with everybody having a fight, it's just like every, you wake up with a fight in your heart and in your spirit because you just never know if you're going to be tried. And it's not like it was, you know, when our parents or grandparents were fighting, but, you know, it's our own version of it. And to see the regression of what is happening on Pennsylvania Avenue and what these bitches are toting <laughs> and what they are about and what they are forcing down the country's throat. I agree with you. It is absolutely imperative that we celebrate these things. We don't let the cre- the creativity die and we celebrate it and we embrace it and we just, you know, we get our lives to Absolutely. And can I also say and that means If you want to support somebody, that means don't ask them for a discount. You know, pay, you know, if somebody, if this is somebody's life, you know, they're painting, they're taking photography, you're hiring them to take pictures at your event, pay that photographer. That's a lot of equipment. That's a lot of editing. You know, that's a lot of Photoshopping because you're not that cute. So somebody has to make (laughs) you look good in these pictures. Pay that person. Pay your pussy bill. Uh, that too but you know <laughs> no in all in all honesty i mean yes. in all because uh, I, I actually was i think i was going to tweet this earlier because i was just like do people really go to people that they know or their friends and expect handouts and discounts for the things that they're trying to do like that's crazy to me you absolutely should be supporting your friends let your friend offer you the discount if they want right. to give you a discount they will because I'm the will. kind of person, if I see my friend doing something that I'm going to support, I have my debit card in my hand. Like, where do I swipe? 
you uh-huh. know, and I'm always surprised when they're like, no, I'm a, no, let me go ahead and give you these coins because rent due, light bill due, you know, and you need to eat. So don't go into situations with your hand out when someone is trying to build something. You're supposed to be trying to help them build. If you don't have the cash, if you don't have the money for it, then just help them spread the word and help them grow. But retweet them. Right. But you don't know, go into it with expecting to get something because that's fucked up. Like if you were doing something, if you are spray painting bitches on a shirt, you don't want your friend coming. So, well, let me have it for two dollars and you're going to charge everybody else 20. No, you you're going to want your full money because you put your work, you put your hard effort into that. So you need to extend that courtesy to whoever you are patronizing. Absolutely. And it's not for nothing. Do you ask um, do you ask Miss Knowles Carter whether or not you can get a discount on your tickets to any of her tours when right. she comes to your town? I mean, come on. Come on. Come you on. You don't, you know, if it's not something where you traditionally are negotiating and bartering for a price. Now, I understand if you're trying to do that, if you feel the price is high for somebody that you do not know. But you don't go to someone that you know and try to argue them down to a lower price. I think someone said this may, I don't remember who, but it's like, you know, if you, if you're trying to have some pictures taken, you don't go to Sears and be trying to argue with them about the prices. You put your baby in the damn thing and you try to make them smile and you pay the damn fee and you take your ass home. You know, I mean like, well, I only got $70, but I need $150 worth of photos. That's not how life works. Don't you don't do that to businesses and corporations. Don't do that to your friend. And if you do do that to businesses and corporations, I mean, kudos to you for getting over, I guess. But don't bring that shit to your your friends or people that, you know, that need your support to get off the ground. You know, everybody is not a big corporation. They can't afford to be working for free, especially not for your bitch ass. Pay what you owe. Well, eloquently said my friend with that being said i want to talk now a little bit about the shuffle and repeat podcast so what's the story on that most definitely so um i have a background in radio i actually i actually worked as a show producer for several years here in atlanta um at a radio station called v103 and a talk radio station waok so um i was a show producer um for years but you know i was always a bridesmaid never a bride i was never on air or anything like that well a couple seven dresses (laughs) you know but a a couple times i may have pinched uh pitch hint pitch hitted and um sat in for a couple people but it wasn't that memorable so back in 2008, though, um, me and my good Judy Dom- Drama Dupree, the mm-hmm. fabulous Drama Dupree, mm-hmm. created Better Days Radio, which we produced for like a year and some change. And that was, um, I don't know, not for nothing. It was kind of a, a, a groundbreaking era. Um, uh, we were at the forefront of a lot of, of the new media because the blogs were really starting to blossom. Mm-hmm. And... Um, podcasting was starting to take off, but most people were doing their YouTube vids and blogs. So we were a part of that new black gay media 
um, trying to create our own lane. And so, you know, that went on for a year, like a for like a year and some change. But then, you know, drama had to go on his journey and I had to go on my journey and I um, left it alone. And I actually started DJing, which was another passion of mine. Okay. And then, but you know, just a, like a few years later, I was just like, you know, this is calling me back. The the podcasting is kind of saying my name to me. Mm-hmm. And I decided to create the Shuffle and Repeat podcast. Um, and my purpose for my show is kind of selfish. Okay. So I want to speak directly to pioneers and game changers um, of industry that I'm into. Like, I want to talk to other DJs. Like, if you saw the very first episode of Shuffle and Repeat, it's with my friend DJ Deliver. Um, Because I love and respect what DJs do. And people that are making, are creating their own movements, I always want to talk to them. I always want to see what led up to their journey. So, like I said at the beginning of my podcast, I'm just super nosy. I just want to hear, you know, I want to hear your stories. I want to hear, you know, how you came to be in this business and what brought you here and and just pick your brain for your knowledge and just honor you. I really want to honor you and your and your journey, your struggles, whatever it took for you to get here because I just I don't know, I've just always been the type of person to where I like to hear how things begin. I love a good origin story. Right. You know, that that's why Wonder Woman is, is so popular. I think it was a really great origin story. And people like to see where people start out from. What was the spark in their life that changed them? Because a lot of us are in places right now because of a, a particular moment in our life. And if you can pinpoint that moment, um, you can actually trace the trajectory from their life to the point that they are now. And it's always a very interesting journey, whether it's good or bad. It's just all interesting. And I think all of us have stories that need to be told. And one day I'm going to sit across from you and interview you, Trillificent, about about, coming up in them, them, you know, them H-Town streets, um, sliding on them slabs and, you know, whatever it is that you did to come up. You know, I want to hear about that because everybody deserves to have their story told and there's some people more than others that aren't getting their stories told that i want to talk to and that's just the basis of my podcast Mm. all right so you guys make sure that you check that out we'll uh tell you how to find it a little bit later in the show um i appreciate that i was gonna ask you to talk about your vision for but i think you already hit all of the points did I? Okay. Well, you know, some. Okay. Was I'm thorough. <laughs> so, piggybacking on that, let's segue into the next thing. I want to talk a little bit about queers in media. Because, you know, since we've been talking about media, so I just have some a few things that we can talk about. So, the first thing is what so far is your favorite kind of queer media you know like movies or if there's some music comics you know anything that you've come across what really does it for you um right now i the top two because those are the main ones right now i I hate to sound cliche but rupaul's drag race is number one for me and i and i picked rupaul's drag race because it's not lost on me 
the impact that this black man is having on our nation. This show went from the art of drag has been, you know, people of queer people of color have been um, revolutionizing the art of drag for years, right. for centuries. And so now that we have another black man who's damn near seven feet tall, who has not only taken the art of drag and put it in front of us, but he's also revolution, uh, revolutionizing the way that um, that it's being marketed, that people are getting are getting paid off of it now more than ever. Yeah, it's launching it's, careers. It, people are careers are being launched legacies are being launched people are are creating records and i mean uh, are on itunes and making albums and going you know on comedy tours and going all kinds on of tours stuff. listen i mean that kind of stuff was not happening before before you know the weight the the cloud of a drag queen was you know how many tips she got at the end of her her lip sync performance in the club and whether or not her kids had to come help her sweep them off the stage kind of thing but now it's beyond that it's especially with social media now any people can be a star from wherever whatever part of the country whatever corner in the country you are and we have rupaul charles rupaul charles to thank for that and i think people really need to stand up and applaud that man we're making this happen and um the next media outlet that i really enjoy um i really enjoyed the read okay um uh as far as podcasts are concerned i really enjoyed the read i enjoy kid fury i've um followed his career from the beginnings of the blog if i'm not mistaken i think we actually drama and i actually interviewed him on the show eons ago uh, when he had the blog, okay. so yeah, I'm just happy to see him and Crystals, you know, take this meteoric flight, and and just can be completely unabashed about what they say, and have no filter. The fact that he's able to spin off and have his comic, you know, to go on his comedy tour, it's really, it's really inspiring, and it, it does my heart a lot of good. So I'm very happy to see that representation in the media for us and now i just thought of something i have like there's like queer adjacent people uh-huh. shows that i like and these guys they're not even gay but i i just appreciate their sensibility like Jesus and miro uh-huh. those two are my favorite right now like this show on vice and viceland has a lot of programming that is gay friendly so yeah i've heard about it yeah um Okay, so for me, um, I don't have much. Um, I've actually been trying to consume more. Okay. But we'll talk about that a little later. So I would say um, I have two-parter. My favorite movie, my favorite queer movie is a movie called Shelter. Um, It's a, I mean, it's it's not a movie for people of color. Okay, okay. you know, I'm going to get into that in a minute. But the, mo- the movie is basically, I guess, a coming-of-age story, which, you know, surprise, surprise, groundbreaking, mm. I know. But um, <laughs> it's a... If you're anything like me, sometimes you're a little starved for good queer movies. Um a lot of the lesbian movies are not as bad, but the gay movies, you're just like, what 
What in tarnation? Yeah, they're pretty trash. They're, they're pretty bad. So when I saw this movie, I think it came out in 2007. I want to say I saw it on probably Netflix. And it was just this really good, like it was well acted, well scripted. I mean, the characters, you got characters that you love. You got a character that you cannot stand. I can't stand that bitch to this day. Um, It, it was just a really good story about you know surfer this surfer boy and you know he's coming out and i don't even think he realized he was gay until shit started happening and his sister's trash his family's trash and he's trying to do better for himself but you know the his surroundings and his family are holding him back and finally you know he spreads his wings and flies and you know he ends up with a boyfriend and he's going to art school and uh, he had to take on his nephew but i mean his nephew, he loved his nephew, and I mean, it was just a really good story. It was well acted, it was well scripted, and I really enjoy it. Um, on the flip side of that, not only have I been hard pressed to come across good movies, I've especially been hard pressed to come across good movies with starring people of color telling. Our stories. Telling our stories, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't you, you don't there aren't that many moonlights out there, let's just be honest. That a is a lot true. of the movies, even if the premise is good, the execution is shitty as hell. And so that one makes me appreciate this more, but it also makes me want it also makes me hunger to find these things, you know. You have to go onto YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and see the things that people are doing because that's where you're going to see what you want to see. You know, it's not always, I mean, we can look at regular Hollywood, you know, what, how much trash do they put out, but they act surprised when they put out something for us and it does well. How many people were surprised about hidden figures? How many people are surprised about moonlight? You know what I mean? So it's no different over here. So, um, it really makes me appreciate that, and it, it it makes me curious about what it takes to get something like this done, to tell a story and make it look beautiful and be something that people can relate to, and just something that people want to consume. So, I think the task then is that we have to we have to tell these stories because I think sometimes people outside of the community try to tell these stories and it just doesn't come out right. So I think that might be the first step is that we've got to invest in people who can tell our stories within the community. And I, you know, and I didn't even think about the movies, but like, I got to tell you like right up there, as far as my favorite and should be everybody's favorite film is Paris is burning Mm -hmm. because I think it's a timely, a timeless documentary that it's still we can still relate to it to this day and these things were filmed back in 86 before a lot of your your listeners were even born and it's still it's still relevant to this day so paris is burning um i think pariah was a very great movie Mm -hmm. um with some really great performances and um what else oh Torch Song Trilogy. If you've never heard of Torch Song Trilogy, I think it's worth a look. It's it's a it's a good movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move on. Uh, so, do you have a favorite queer actor and or actress? 
see that one i couldn't i really couldn't couldn't think of any except for um like again rupaul and um possibly ellen like those okay. two are you know they rupaul of course is like my fave right because just because of who he is, just because of the movement that he's created, and he's a profe- he's a professional, and I think he's really good at what he does. And of course, Ellen is, you know, she's the the, the original degenerate queen, you know, right? And she she's just done really well with her career, and um, yeah, she, she's groundbreaking. She has. She has blown it up. Um, I would say my favorite at the moment and it's probably just because i recently was watching the current season my favorite right now would be probably titus burgess he just oh yes he's excellent he just is took the word right out of my mouth he's excellent that show i know someone has said it before um that show should be centered on him it should have been centered on him or he needs his own show because i mean but even then, but he makes the show. Like I he only watch for him. I don't even really pay attention to what the hell Kimmy doing because it's just like, girl, you white. Uh, um, no shade, but girl. But he is brilliant. He's he's brilliant, you know. And I, you know, seeing him on Instagram and you know his singing and everything, and it's just and for him to be. And I meant to say this before when you were talking about the read about Kid Fury and the read. Mm-hmm. It always warms my heart to see darker complected people queer people be able to get into these platforms and shine and be respected and appreciated for what they're doing so that's another reason why i appreciate titus yes it needs to be said because you know enough of the shamar more art types you know we're tired of that cookie cutter and it's not that we're (laughs) not out there but it's it's kind of an either or either it's like the the Idris Elbas that are fond over because they look a certain way or you know it's someone that's a regular smiggler ass motherfucker and they in the background or they're the comic relief you know mm. but they're not to be the star because they don't look the way, a certain way and you know you can debate your mama about it I mean facts are facts and can we get a chunky boy um love interest like that right. would that would take it to a whole nother level right. because that's a that's another segment for you to deal with <laughs> another time well no you kind of you kind of dealt with it when um john and yeah, Devin were on, on the big boy episode yeah. yes um, that okay. needs to happen in the media in in a I movie agree. in I a agree. show something i agree and not that tired ass fat husband skinny wife thing that they that y'all love to do that shit is so damn tired and it's just so ragged i'm like i am so tired of seeing these fat ass white men with these skinny beautiful ass wives and it's just like why do i care this has already been done i've seen it y'all are not new and quite frankly i'm bored so uh do you have a favorite queer musician other than rupaul (laughs) I know, right? Um, that I couldn't think of anyone. Okay. Honestly, honest to God, I mean, there's that the um, the kid out in England, Eminem. He's um he's got a really nice voice. Okay. He's dope. Okay. 
Oh, um, but yeah. Um, for me, I would say currently my favorite queer musician is Todrick Hall. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. He is, um, I, I have, I had seen him over the years here and there, but I don't, my attention span for videos is not that long. Like I can listen to stuff for a long time, but as far as watching, if it doesn't grab me quickly, I, so I've seen his videos and things while he was on his way to stardom. And, uh, I think it was last year I was randomly just, I stay off of YouTube because I'm one of those people that I will look for a video to watch it. And then three hours later, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I've been sitting here watching you. I'm watching Super Bowl performances from 1987 on YouTube. The YouTube rabbit hole. Yep. Right. So I randomly stumbled across his latest project. Um, what's it called? Uh, oh, God. I just completely. Was it one of the Wizard of uh, Oz? Yeah, straight out of Oz. So I, straight out of Oz. I completely yeah. had a brain fart right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I stumbled across straight out of Oz. Um, I watched the whole uh, visual album on YouTube and I was just blown away. Not cuz number 1, I didn't even know he could sing the way he was, but just the vision and it was beautiful and the story that he was telling, getting to see more about his background but having it done in such an artistic way, it just really resonated with me. And some of the songs really resonated with me. Um he has a song called Over the Rainbow that just took me down to the ground. And uh, the songs that Amber Riley did. So it was just a very beautiful project. And then he went on tour. So then I was looking on YouTube for tour um, clips. And, you know, he not I mean, he sings and he dances down like choreographs his ass off. And so I was definitely a force to be reckoned with. So right now he's my favorite queer musician. All right. So I think we touched on this a little bit, but we can go ahead and expand. Um I want to talk about the mediums where you feel like we need more representation and what kind. So let's start specifically with movies. And I, when I say representation, I mean, like we were saying, real representation, not just being the token gay or queer character, you know, not having your queerness thrown into the story for no real reason and then not really adding anything other than to say hey you know we got a queer person too we we like y'all too and it's just like i mean this doesn't really do anything it's like i'm not you know i for example and someone said this on twitter i i think it may have been plain old cam that said it it was the power rangers movie which i love the power rangers movie but i was so confused with the yellow ranger like he was saying because it was like what was the purpose of y'all throwing this into the movie? Okay, she's a queer girl, but it's not like we see her struck. First of all, she was one of the characters that had the least amount of development. She was on the downside. For whatever reason, the two brown characters, other than the... like, You, you put everything on the black boy's shoulders. And then the other two characters of color... You got them on the downside where we didn't really expound onto their de- onto their story and their development. But it was just like, why is this here? You know, and it, it doesn't I mean, it's appreciated on one hand. But on the other hand, you just have to ask yourself, what does this add that you randomly throw it in here that? Oh, she she likes girls. And it's like, what does that have to do with being a power ranger? You know, so. In movies, for me specifically, I would like to see more representation, more of our stories being centered and more different 
characters. You know, I want to see more people who look like the Tituses, you know. Now, I appreciate Moonlight for everything that it that it was and everything that it said and everything that it told. But let's be honest, everybody in Moonlight, Moon, what am I saying? In Moonlight <laughs> was fucking beautiful. You know, I want to mm-hmm. see some random characters. I want to see people that look like me. I want to see Guts and they're not shamed and it's not some weird shit or it's not some induction into bear culture and all that kind of stuff i just want to see some regular schmegular people you know i want to see people that go to work and just have their nine to five but they go home and and write and they or they go home and they do a podcast that are like me that are colored and are queer you know i feel like we don't get that enough in movies because we always have to be an accessory or a comic relief character something that takes away from us being a whole character we have to be a supporting character and those stories need supporting characters don't get me wrong but also sometimes we we should be the star too because we go through a lot of shit we have stories that should be told or not even just stories that you know one thing that i would say i try to support laverne cox and the things that she does is because you don't she's a trans actress and that's not something that you see that often and that's something that i want to see i want to see more different kinds of people leading story it doesn't even have to be a gay story let it you know it's not like queer people can't play straight i mean most of us played straight for a couple of years you know what i'm saying so i would like to see more of that in the movies what about you as far as movies go you know um what when I think about it, I have to think about, you know, movies and the business of movie making is a, mo- a business. And so uh, the reason why we don't see certain people in the lead are, is because, you know, a lot of studios don't think that they'll they have that kind of mass appeal to bring in the dollars because that's what it all comes right. down. To. Even though we know they wrong about 70 percent of the time with that shit. But. Right. And so what has to happen is that somebody has to take a chance and you know someone like a a brad pitt brad pitt's a24 production took a chance on a moonlight story and that's how that got greenlit so and not so now what's going to happen is studios are going to be like oh well you know maybe we can get another um oscar for this gay story what you know how do you feel about that and you know pretty soon the ball starts rolling there um, I think what we have to do now is because we we have um, social media at our fingertips, what has to happen is we have to start creating our own content. And we've got YouTube. You've got all these different um, platforms where you can put your movies up now. Matter of fact, I think one of these platforms is holding some type of contest. They want people to give them product, to give them um, content. And I think, um, yeah, web series right um, in order and you'll I, I can't remember which one i don't want to name which one because i don't know but one of them is looking for content so those of you out there that are writers and have and fully fleshed out and developed your screen right your screen writing and your 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 scripts you know make it happen get your friends together film it put it up there on youtube put it up there on on whatever um, platform you have, Snapchat it, shoot, put it on your Instagram stories, because those are the kind of things now that get people's attention. And before you know it, you'll be the next Issa. Right. 
I mean, but, look at it. You know, they the the whole Lupita and Rihanna thing is happening. So exactly. if it can happen for that, it can happen for us. We just have to, number one, we have to support each other. And I don't want to get into that other than just saying we need to support each other. Right. And not make everything about how the people look or all that kind of stuff. Like we just need to support what is happening, what people are trying to do. So um, I spoke on this a little bit already, but do you feel what representation do you feel we need as far as TV goes? Because I'm, you know, I already said, you know, not being an accessory. And when I say an accessory, I'm talking about like your your reality TV and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, here's a queer character and they just kind of here to to throw shade or whatever. You know, I mean, no shade to them get a coin i'm all for get a coin get a coin get a coin get a coin all right rub them together and make more but at the same time i don't want i don't want that to be the only thing is you know always being the ancillary character always being in the background always only being there for a scene or two everybody laugh you get some iconic gifts from it and then that's it and yeah go ahead quite honestly i think the the real power, if you ask me, is that we need more of us as producers, writers, yes. show showrunners, um, the people that write the checks, that sign off on the stuff, write the scripts. I think we need more. Uh, we need more Shondas than we need more Shawnee O'Neills. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was just about to say that. Like that would be everything if we had like a queer version of Shonda, <laughs> or because I don't know her truth, <laughs> some someone in Shonda's someone in Shonda's position that is pumping out queer content. Right. And let me me say this, as far as content is concerned, I think she's done a wonderful job of weaving in stories without making it. Yeah, like being inclusive. Very, very inclusive. And it's just matter of fact, you know, it's after a while, after the initial shock of seeing Cyrus kissing his piece of trade on on screen and we're not you even know. gonna get into cyrus and whatever <laughs> he is doing to these young men that got them crawling up the wall and doing double backflips and shit power is an aphrodisiac keep I that mean, in I, hey but uh, to his but, credit and this is what i was talking about like his sexuality is a part of his character but it's not a defining factor like exactly. most of the time when i'm when i'm watching scandal when they're not pissing me off i'm watching scandal and i don't even think about the fact that he is a queer man like i am because quite honestly the rest of his characteristics far outseed his queerness exactly but it's good to see that and it's good that it's there and she doesn't let you forget it. You know, all the shit that he got going on. He got mm-hmm. Tom, old crazy killer ass. You know, he mad. And his his uh, his his little box is sad that he ain't getting no more Cyrus. And it's just, he turned into a fatal attraction. It's a lot going on. But I wholeheartedly agree that there needs, there needs to be more queer people, more queer people of color mm-hmm. in those positions that are not just on screen. But, it's behind the scenes that's well, where the real power is exactly okay and the last one i had was books specifically and i chose books because um 
I have not come across too many books and it may just be because my research skills are trash, but I haven't come across too many books with queer people with queer people being the center. And when I say that specifically, I'm talking about like more uh, non I mean, that's not non more fiction, sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that. Like even the few that I've seen and they have told it as a, you know, this is a queer story, a queer book. And then you read it and it's like, okay, but it's the woman is the center character. Right. And the queerness is just, you know, is something that she has to deal with or some kind of way it's a burden on her. And I don't, you know, I'm I'm not talking about the, the, what are some of the uh, writers' names? I'm having trouble. I'm oh, like the Elin Harris? Yeah, like the Elin the... Harris's. And I'm not talking about those. Jake, okay. Those are good. But I mean in different realms, you know what I mean? Like, not just telling the stories. I mean, I would like to see more more sci-fi stuff, more fantasy stuff with, you know, queer characters. I feel like that are not comic books and even comic books. I mean, you know, you know, we have to fight and shit. And then somebody comes out as queer and everybody's ready to burn their damn house down. And it's like, okay, these are fake characters. You need to Mm. calm yourself down. I personally would like to see that and I am flirting with the idea of trying to produce my own thing and I'm gonna do leave, it. I'm going to leave it at that for now, but do I just it. wanted to say that cuz I don't want to make it seem like I'm just on this soapbox and like we need more representation here, we need it here, we need it there and I'm not actually doing anything or adding to it beyond this podcast. I mean, there's plenty of podcasts out there but you know you have to be the change that you want to see right so i do have an idea that i want to try to flesh out so that's why i brought up books specifically and you know genre specific let me put it that way so if you have any other medium or if you have something to add to the books please go ahead uh actually i do not um however i know i do have a friend that is actually He's written books, and I think he's on his way to creating um, some form of, I'm not sure if it's going to be a podcast or if it's going to be a book. I think it should be a book as well. But those are things that I think is, are on the horizons. Um, I think there's, there's a, a Black Nerds Facebook group that I somehow got to be a part of. And there are quite a few authors out there and they just need, I guess they need that push. I think if we need, if you're out there, let us know about it. Now, you know, you have Trillificent here. You have um, uh, Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast. There are platforms that are willing to talk to you and um, help to put a spotlight on your product and your movement. So let us know about it because clearly here we're sitting trying to figure out, hmm, you know, who's out there writing, you know, queer people of color centered uh, fiction fantasy right now. And, right. you know, and we're hard pressed to find it. And um, I think it's, it's out there. I think they're putting it together. We just need to know about it. We just need to be put on. It's like, come on, come on with the come on. Let us know. Right. And to just to punctuate what I was saying, the the book idea and that whole avenue is the reason why I started doing the short stories to just kind of force myself to get out of my 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 laziness and get out of my head. And mm. all of those stories, 
that play over and over in my head every night. I was like, I need to start getting them down on paper. So it's practice, but it's also something that helps me, you know, helps get the get something out there. Um, right. Because I want to leave that footprint. And see, it's funny you mentioned that a friend of mine who is a a writer, he's a journalist, was talking to another friend who is in the middle of writing a book. The same friend of mine that I was talking about, he's in the middle of writing a book, and they were talking about how Toni Morris says that her characters continue to talk to her, regardless of if, you know, like the first book was written, mm-hmm. those characters still have stories to tell, and they come to her, and they said that we still got stories to tell, and so right. if they're still doing that, and they're probably doing it to you, Mr. Trillificent... They're, oh, yeah. they're, they swim they're coming. in my head. They be like, "Woo!" And I'm like, "Girl, right. I'm trying to sleep." Uh-uh. They weren't. That, that means that you need to put. It needs you to drag out your laptop and start clacking away on them keys like Kermit the Frog, and and tell their story, or else they're never going to leave you. And they probably have something really brilliant to share with mankind. So I, I believe that. I believe that, and um, I'm here to to what's the word i'm looking for i'm here to affirm you right now and your audience listening to us on this date that uh trillificent is going to bring forth a uh, a masterpiece a literary the masterpiece the pressure oh <laughs> it's all on my shoulders lord jesus a, a literary masterpiece that will you know that will be probably taught in schools you know I will be on the extracurricular list. This is for extra credit. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, honestly, you just never know. Because for me, with writing, I don't know what I can do and what I can say and what voice that I can be until I start clicking. Like, I struggle with ideas, but once I start clicking and clacking and typing very fast, shout out to Kia from... Um, the Getting Grown podcast. When I start typing very fast, that's when the stuff just starts flowing, and those those voices they start speaking through my fingers. So that is a shout out to anyone who's doing anything. Like if you paint, if you like photography, like we were saying before, let those voices mm-hmm. speak through you. Do it and put it out there, and tell people about it, and let's let's share and let's celebrate each other. And don't be afraid. I think that's fear is the the main thing that keeps us from realizing our full potential. You know, last year I was afraid to I was afraid to start shuffle and repeat because I didn't I thought I was that guy that never threw parties because I was afraid nobody would show up. And, you know, uh, um, my partner, my boyfriend, he's the one that encouraged me and said, listen, People like what you do, and you'll be surprised. People, if you just put it out there, you'll be surprised how many people uh, will respond to it. Right. And and thank you to him. Thank you, Mr. Cornegay, for that. You know, putting that battery in my back that helped me to get out of my head and just do it. And you'll be surprised at who's going to be there to support you. Listen, I had to, to do a crowdfunding for Prismatic. And if you and I'm still accepting donations, by the yes. way, <laughs> if you'd like to, to donate, yes, if you um, got a spare coin in your purse, go ahead and slide it on over to the prismatic event. Please do. Um, but I had to do a crowdfunding and I had no idea with literally within two weeks of it actually being put up. I kind of met my goal. 
and I was so pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. how many people stepped up and was like, yo, this is, I like what you're doing. I want to see more. Here you go. Right. So you never know unless you try. Exactly. That's the main takeaway from it is you've got to, you know, you got to have some guts here right. and fly and I, by the seat of your pants. I tweeted this and we'll, we'll close out this segment with that. Um, you know, shout out to everyone who is taking that leap of faith, you know, starting those podcasts or those blogs, writing the books, writing the, the scripts, making the movies, making the web series, like shout out to everyone who is doing it. And I know that the market seems saturated, but mm. everyone has their own voice. Like just because two people are doing the same thing, that doesn't invalidate the other. One doesn't invalidate the other. So don't be discouraged just because you feel like, oh, it's too many podcasts out there because it's a shitload of podcasts. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> you know, it's all about finding your voice and marketing it, because with this podcast, to to be specific, I um, actually we're, we're going to breeze through the next part. I'm going to say what I was going to say for that. Um I want to talk a little bit about pride. Uh, we're probably not going to talk about everything that I have here just for time constraints. But um, I want to say in honor of Pride Month. So what are some ways that you choose to exhibit pride? Hmm. So whenever I, I hear about that and I get asked about that, sometimes, you know, like most black I think most black men of color, black men of color, um, <laughs> black men that are, are identified as gay or queer or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you hear pride, sometimes you think you automatically think of our white counterparts. And so in the celebration of pride. But to me, pride is an, an innate feeling, you know, that you feel that you can exist in peace and not feel attacked for the package that you arrived in. So I think whenever I show up, that's pride. And, Hello. and you know, showing affection to my friends publicly. You know, there was a time when a group of, you know, black men got together that were that were gay, would get together in public. And, you know, there was all kinds of codes and things that you weren't going to do when you got together in public. But nowadays I'm seeing that that's not happening anymore. We're we're not afraid to hug each other and embrace each other publicly um you know to kiss each other or whatever or to show just so forms of affection to each other because i think it is i hope i'm getting this right but i think it's essex hemphill that said that black men loving each other is a real revolution and it's a real you know that's where we need to start to me so that's how i show pride okay all right uh i have a i have a couple so one way that I choose to exhibit my pride is really just standing in my truth and not trying to hide my sexuality. You know, I'm just I'm just me. Like I don't come out and just be like, "Hey, I'm gay." But if someone asks me, I'm also not going to lie. Um, right. Just because I mean, some spaces I I mean, I don't like people in my business, period. So like if I'm at work or something, I don't I don't talk about I mean, I don't I try not to speak to people at work period but <laughs> if i can help it um i'm i'm usually i'm the one at work with my headphones in and i'm usually listening to podcasts or music but the older that i've gotten the more that i stand in that truth and i 
I stop, you know, you stop caring about what your family's going to say or what, you know, losing friends or losing people. And you just stand and you say, you know what? It is more detrimental to me to try to live this this secret life or this lie or whatever, however you package it, than it is for me to just stand up and say, this is who I am. I have a whole ass life to lead and and I have to live it for me. Um, another way that I chose to exhibit pride is actually this podcast with the name mm. and everything. And I was like, I, you know, when I had my, my, uh, co-host at the time and it was like, I want to have a podcast that is specifically, it's not a podcast that has gay people on it. You know, shout out to all of those because they are doing a damn thing, you know, a, I either read and the friend zone and, and, uh, you know, the here for it pod, um, the outline with Kevin Dwayne, you know, shout out to everyone that's doing it. But I was like, I wanted to have a podcast that was about gay shit. And I didn't want it to, you know, I don't want to talk about uh, pop culture and all that kind of stuff. Unless it's something that I really have something to say, i.e. the come quick section uh, earlier in this show. Um, and one thing specifically, um, and I chose to stand in this is I struggled with the name. Um, when I started doing the show by myself, I struggled with maybe I should change the name of the show to make it more palatable to more people. Cause you know, mm. I'm just thinking to myself, somebody sees, Oh, it's a podcast. Oh, it's called gay side stories. I ain't got time for that shit. And I was like, maybe I'm not reaching as many people and you know, my growth is stunted or whatever the case may be. But I decided that I wanted to keep it because I wanted to stay true to what my original vision for the show was. And that was, I wanted it to be a space for gayness, for queerness. And I want it to be known, you know, when you see it, it's okay. Gay side story. I know it's some gay ass shit, you know, and, <laughs> and, and it's not, I, I don't mean that, you know, we're going to be on here talking about fucking and the best ways to ride dick. I mean, I'm sure at some point I'll probably have an episode about that because sex is an integral part of life. But I wanted something where people can listen and say, you know what? These experiences that he's talking about, these conversations that he's having, these stories that he's telling, these are things that I can relate to because these are things that I go through myself. Um, and, and you may be saving a life. Right. You never. And I whenever I get discouraged about doing this show and all the things that go with it, I always think to myself, you never know who's listening. It only takes one listen and you never know what you're giving that person. And I don't just mean, you know, it takes one listen as far as, you know, success. I feel like what's what's going to be is going to be. But you never know who might hear this story, who might hear this show and hear a story, you know, like the stories that we were telling before when my my friend uh, was in that abusive relationship. Or was dealing with someone who was on drugs or, you know, the stuff that I dealt with with my family. You never know who might listen and who might take something who might take something from it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are some ways that I show pride. I think I may do something like this, you know, every show this month in order of pride. So let's move on. Let's close the show out. We're going to move on to the queer queer. One thing, I'm sorry, I, I need I need to um, correct myself. Okay. The actual, um, I quoted "Black men loving black men is the revolutionary act of the '80s." That was Joseph Bean that ah, said that. Okay. I I will get dragged if I did not correct that. That was Joseph. 
Joseph B. said black men, loving black men, is a revolutionary act. And it's still true to this day. It is. It is. Shout out to all of the black men out there loving black men. All right, let's let's uh, wrap it up. So uh, with my guests, as I said before, I usually like to do a little question segment at the end just to give the listeners a little bit insight of how you think and things like that. So I finally found a name for it. So I'm calling it the Queer Query. So question one, and I tailored these to you because you're a DJ. Well, okay. one of the questions anyway. So the first question is, if you could DJ a party, any party, what kind would it be and who would be who would you want to be in attendance? Hmm. All right. So I would like to DJ. Um, everybody knows that I like golden era hip hop. So it would be a golden era type of party and all my idols would be there in um in attendance like your salt and peppers your kid and plays i'm talking you know kwame's people there that i could pay because i'd like to pay homage to them and i'd like people just you know to have a really good time rocking out to that music that really that really colored my existence and my love for the music okay um for me i would say it would probably be a 90s party or maybe like a t- early 2000s party those and are hot. The, That's hot too. The main celebrities I would want to be there are Beyonce and Michael Jackson, and that's just because I want to. I want to watch them interact. <laughs> like when but I see how you got to pay attention to what you're doing in the booth. You trying to look at see what they're doing on the sideline. Well, I know, but I'm you know I'm observing, and I you know I'm thinking a party. I'm not going to be the only DJ there, so okay. you know there'll be yeah. other DJs and everything. So I'll get a break, and I just want to see them interact because I always think about that story that Puff Daddy or P Diddy or Schmitty or whatever he called himself these days. You know what that he told <laughs> about having that party, and Michael Jackson showed up and was like, "Where's Beyonce?" And I'm just like. What did he want with Beyonce? I want to see that. Like, what yeah. did they talk about? I'm, you know, anyway. I would love to be a fly on those walls, too. Right. Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> next question. <laughs> if you had three wishes from a genie, Aladdin, what would they be? Uh, you know what? I'll go first on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, my first wish, because selfish. Mm-hmm. would be unlimited disposable income or as close to it as I can get. Like, I just need all the funds. I need the money. I need the coins. My coin purse needs to jingle. Amen? Of course. My second wish would be that all of the racist, homophobic, transphobic, etc. phobic, whatever phobic you have towards people, I want all those people punted to their own colony on Mars I don't want them to ever have any chance of coming back to the earth. Let them go out there. Let them live their own lives and their own hateful ass society. I guarantee that they'll probably all be dead within five years because if they can't hate us, they're going to find a reason to hate each other. But let them do that elsewhere. Let us chill here on earth. Let them go to Mars and let them have a nice little, you know, utopia and let Mm. them fuck it up. Let them fuck up their own world. (laughs) Um, my third wish would be that the Earth's resources replenish every couple of centuries. Mm. Um, 
And I was just, you know, I was like, well, I got a really selfish one because I want all the fucking money. Let me have a real unselfish one and be like, let the earth just keep on living for future generations, you know, because in a hundred years, who knows what the hell they're going to inherit? Because with these bitches in the White House and the way people are, they so selfish and they don't give a fuck and everything is about money. You don't know what the future generation is going to inherit. So one of my wishes would definitely be for Gaia and Captain Planet to come and wrap this shit up and make it anew every 100 or 200 years however often it needs you are such a humanitarian i try i try i be good b-e-y i be good (laughs) you are definitely um so i'm gonna sound selfish with my wishes because and that's okay there's nothing wrong with being selfish as long as you're not hurting other people with your selfishness there's nothing wrong with it but continue so one of my wishes would definitely be to I would like to time travel, but specifically to those movements in music like I want to be able to travel back in time and tip into Studio 54 yes. the night the night when Michael Jackson, um, Anderson Cooper, Liza Minnelli, all of those people were there chilling at the same time and just and just observe i'm not gonna throw i'm not gonna do anything to throw off history or anything i just want to observe them and like see if i could pick up on any tea that you know that they spill in between them see who was see who was doing bumps and scooby snacks on the dance floor you know who really did all that stuff and just be there or be there at the first um block party that cool hurt did in the bronx where they had to you know siphon power from the um from the light post where hip-hop was born you know i i want to go back to those times and so i can just be present for those particular um moments in history i would i want to travel more that's my wish i want to travel more i would love to to be able to travel and and actually work like you know say hey we need you to come to great britain for this gig so that would be a wish of mine is to travel especially be able to travel and play like on a beach somewhere overlooking you know the water and seeing people scantily clad but dancing and doing the cupid shuffle that's one of my wishes all right that's two you got one more. that's two and one more um let's see you know, of course, I want all of my, not just me, but I want all of my people, family and close friends to be financially stable. Just to, you know, give us the give, money. give us the money. Show me the money. And, let, and let's be those, you know, and let's be legacy money. Like, I want us yes, to become old be money. I want us to be wealth. Yes. generational wealth. I want us to be Rothschilds and and Vanderbilt, you know, our names to have that kind of weight. Yes, indeed. Definitely. I like it. I'm here for it. Okay. Last question. Who would you want to play? Who would you want to play you in your biopic? So I think, I don't know. I thought about Titus, but I don't know if he could. Titus would be perfect for the, the comic relief moments. But I need somebody with the range to. Well, I'm not saying that he doesn't have the range, but um, I'm thinking maybe Keenan Thompson. Okay. 
And what is the black guy that's in all of the Judd Apatow movies? Craig, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Because, you know, not for nothing, he's handsome. And I've been told that we bear a remblance, but I don't see that. But, you know, I think he could pull it off. I could think he could pull off the dramatic part mm-hmm. and also the, the comic relief. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. My answers, let's see. If I'm being generous to myself and I'm like rewriting history, you should. Then it, I would probably pick uh Kofi Sirabo from Queen Sugar. Oh. <laughs> you trying to be a sex symbol, okay? Like I, I said, if, if I have the chance to rewrite history like the white folk do. <laughs> <laughs> like like how Aretha wanted Holly Berry to play her. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Hammer hit the nail right there with that one. <laughs> if I'm being more accurate, then probably I would have it when I'm a little bit older, um, and I would be I would have like Forrest Whitaker or somebody, somebody who got the range. You know, and Forrest Whitaker is you know he's he has the range. He's definitely got the range. He has a whole lot of other things going on, but we're not gonna talk about that. Uh, wait a minute now. Um, <laughs> so, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that. Wraps up another episode of Gay Side Stories with Trillificent. I have my guest, DJ Sir Daniel. Please tell the people where they can find you. Plug all of your things. Do the thing right now. All right. So, first of all, thank you very much, Trillificent, for having me on the show. Of course. Um, you can find me on the website, vthesirdaniel.com. Um, I'm, you can follow me on Instagram at DJ Sir Daniel. Um, I can also be found on Facebook under DJ Sir Daniel as well. If you would like to support um, Prismatic, if you can't be there in person, but you would like to support it, um, please, by all means, go to Indiegogo.com and um, type in Shuffle and Repeat, and it will take you to the um, fundraiser. And uh, Or you can also... Um, you can also purchase tickets. Like I said, all of the information, like my links and everything will be on those platforms on Instagram, Facebook, and our website of how you can purchase tickets or you can make your donation um, to the cause. And um, just keep looking. Oh, shuffle and repeat the podcast. I'm on SoundCloud, um, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Google, um, Google Play. You can find me there for the SoundCloud. And you can also watch us on YouTube. Um, Shuffle and Repeat, the podcast is also on YouTube. I do a video component as well. So, I'm here. Multivision. Come on, multi. Whatever. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. You know, the kids need something to look at, too. I understand. I understand. Okay. Um, Again, you guys, make sure you are checking out the Sounds of the Stories playlist on SoundCloud. Uh, the gay side short stories. I should have some more, some new short stories. Maybe next week. I don't. I'm not gonna make any promises because it's my motherfucking birthday this weekend. With that mm. being said, again, I do accept nudes. Um, oh, all of those good things for gifts. You know, I have an Amazon wish list if you're feeling it particularly generous. But again, you know, if you guys want to give me a gift, just share this podcast with someone. Retweet a link. Post on your Instagram. 
post it on your Facebook, all of that kind of good stuff. And I will appreciate and love you forever. Again, DJ Sir Daniel, thank you so, 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 so much for taking time out of your schedule to be on this show. I appreciate you. This conversation was amazing. Like, I'm very, very happy about it. No, thank you, and happy birthday, blessed born day to you, man. Just do the damn thing. Just don't get none of your hair. Oh, I don't have that much hair, so I should be good. (laughs) And with that being said, you guys, as I always say, make sure that you protect all of your walls or they will crumble. Mm. We are out. Amen.